0: Welcome back to Risk check podcast Episode 50 Woo, Woo. My god This is crazy That is
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Almost 50 episodes This is um, a celebration guys yeah, Almost one a week for the year Almost one a week for the year We got a special guest tonight uh, But before we get into that Allow us to introduce ourselves My name is Perry I'm Ben And I'm Rashawn And we make up the wrist check podcast Tonight we have We have a we have a legend on the couch. Yes, we facts. do. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. This is someone whom we've we've talked about. We've mentioned over the course of the show several times on you know, various occasions for all kinds of reasons, whether we're talking about watch collecting or vintage or just anything interesting that's happening in the industry. We got Eric Wynn tonight.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's an honor
0: to have you. Yes, Thank you for joining us. Thank yes. you. It's sweet. This
1: is uh I didn't even realize it's the fiftieth episode.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you see it just for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This awesome. is pretty incredible. Yeah. It's Thank sweet. you for joining us tonight. I know you're up from uh, you live in Florida. Yes. Right? And you're visiting New York uh this week. You had you gave a speech at the horological society. How was that?
1: That was sweet. It was uh went really well. Last night it's already online. Awesome uh, for Horological Society of New York members—they have the password to get in to watch it.
0: Incredible! Uh, we then, can probably get that from somebody. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody, somebody <laughs> yes, yep, awesome. Uh, so it went really well, and happy to be back. Congrats,
0: congrats! Thank you. Um, so we got a lot to talk about tonight, but before we get into that, we got to do our honorary wrist check. Yes, and uh, it's only right, especially tonight. Uh, that we uh, we start with the man who never repeats a watch
3: because he's not repeating a watch tonight. Rashawn, yes. what do you got on the wrist? Um, So new time piece um, on the show. This is my uh, G-Shock Supreme North Face collab. Okay. So I guess triple stamped.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's
3: always flexing with the double stamp, but I'm, I'm coming different. And
4: the, the strap is double stamped.
3: Yes, the, the strap is double stamped um it's got north face at the logo well no it's g-shock you got g-shock on the case yes when you hit the light it says supreme and it has supreme when you hit the light um i have shared the black one so i have the black one i have the yellow i do need to hunt for the white you're gonna get the whole set i gotta get the whole set somebody's listening yes (laughs) uh (laughs) if it's out there and you you know where i can get it please give me a holler um i decided to wear this watch um I felt like for our guests, um, this is a is a piece that like speaks so much to me. This silhouette um, is what kind of brought me into watches. It was probably like one of the first watches that I was ever gifted. That's
2: awesome.
3: Um, you know, knowing how much of a staple you are in the watch community and, and, and what you've, you know, how much joy you've brought to so many people. I felt like, you know, I had to kind of put a little bit of joy in my wrist too.
1: That's sweet, I love the yellow case yeah
3: yeah it's a lot of fun super fun respect ben what do you got on the wrist tonight
4: so i'm wearing a very special watch (laughs) for two reasons um i wanted so i was talking to to john John earlier and he accidentally sent me a photo of this watch okay and i was like why'd you send me i've already seen it And then it clicked, and I was like, oh shit. I was like, Eric's coming on the show tonight. (laughs) So I wanted to pick this watch because I'm going to be honest, I'm a little starstruck because Eric's one of the guys who I definitely admire in this business and industry. So I was
1: like, I want to bring something special. It's funny because we've talked watches for i don't know five years yeah literally years and we this is the first time we meet we've been talking forever so that's
4: awesome john john sent the photo and i was like that's the one that's That's the one (laughs) i was like is is there anything that i could bring to impress him this might be it yeah so then john john brought it and it's also special because it was john john senior's watch
0: yeah it was that was his dad's yeah
4: so tonight i'm wearing this really crazy 80s style omega quartz nugget so this it's a golden crazy. nugget case, golden nugget bracelet, all integrated. It's crazy. Yeah, it's super yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's like I don't know what John John's dad was doing when he wore this. <laughs> <day>. <laughs> like he was in the steel business, but slinging steel, he looking, looking like Scarface. Yes. There it's we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so John's got the matching. John's got, the, got the matching bracelet, ring, bracelet and money clip, and a money clip. It came as a set.
0: That's pretty impressive. <laughs>
4: that's so yeah, it's, it's special for a lot of reasons, but it's also just cool as hell. Yeah, it is.
0: That's awesome, man. I'll, I'll go next. I'll, I'll save the the guest of honor for last. Um, I got a new watch. uh Oh, had to sell some things.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man, so I again? got
0: rid. I got. I sold the green op. I had it for a year. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but we we had three in the family. Yeah, and that's probably three that's too enough, many. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's I got I uh I let go of that to a, a really great person and I picked up a, a modern Pepsi
4: on an oyster bracelet
0: because it belongs on an oyster bracelet. No it doesn't. <laughs> we had
4: this we had this fighter Jubilee
0: is it's for fun. jewelry, my friend. It's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sports models belong on a, on, a, on an oyster on an oyster bracelet. Not and that one. We could go on about this for for ages, but um I'm loving this thing. It's a lot of fun. Um You know, I I would have preferred vintage. Um, Hard to find the right one. And and these days it's getting a little, and we'll talk about this, but it's just, you know, you want to be careful. Yes. You want to be careful. And uh, there's a lot of funny stuff out there. So I just felt safer going modern. I had a connect. He hooked it up, shout out to him. And um, I'm very happy. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, Eric, you got something interesting on the wrist tonight.
1: I've got a Dunhill Memovox from the 1960s made by JLC Uh, watch that I love with Brigade numerals, blue dial. I hunted for this watch for almost a decade. I had written about one on Hodinkee and then (laughs) after it sold was like, I really should have not written about that (laughs) and then spent the next almost decade trying to find one and then finally found one. Incredible. Congratulations. That's awesome. One of those watches, the journey was was long, but it was worth it. <laughs> so where? Did, so what, what was that
0: journey like exactly? So how did this find itself in your collection?
1: It was, uh, I had a few people I had looking out for this watch in addition to myself and various mm-hmm. alerts on Chrono24 and eBay and various places, and someone saw it for me who knew I wanted one. Uh, I wasn't exactly quiet, I guess, that I wanted this watch. And then he said, look at this. And then I was like, let me get that right now. Nice. uh, was very happy. That's Uh, sweet. Yeah, very, very happy.
0: So, you know, you've got got an amazing reputation in the industry. It's something that we talk about pretty often, especially when we talk about vintage. It's kind of a a general consensus among people who, you know, are familiar with some of the more more notable people within the watch industry which you are one that when you're looking for 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 vintage and you know you want to do it the right way you go to you go see Eric Wind yes you know that's kind of the general consensus a lot of people believe that um how did you wind up here. I know you started with, with Christie's professionally, yes. right?
1: Yeah. But Ryan Chong worked under me. I taught him everything he knew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you get that, Ryan? Out.
1: <laughs> this should be on Instagram. Yeah, we're, Actually, we're, cut that clip. This is going to be the real. <laughs> oh, that's good.
0: He's going to love that. Um, but what started your, your, your road down this path with watches?
1: It was uh, certainly never the plan. Uh, I remember my first exposure to vintage watches was a slideshow that Ben Clymer of Hodinkee put together like maybe a month after he started Hodinkee, which at that time was just a tumbler in like 2008. Yeah. And it was like, these are 10 interesting vintage watches. It was uh, James Bond, Submariner, Paul Newman, Daytona, and those were the first that was the first time I ever saw either of those. Mm. And I, I was in college at Georgetown at the time. What were uh, you studying? Uh, international politics.
0: Okay. Uh, oh, so this is like a complete... Yeah, life. Okay. Yeah, nothing
1: to do with uh, antiques, but I was always interested in old things. Gotcha. And when I was in growing up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, they interviewed a bunch of the fifth graders mm. uh, in my town and said, what's your favorite TV show? most of the kids were saying Rugrats or Doug or Ren and Stimpy. Mm -hmm. And I said Antiques
2: Roadshow. (laughs) We have the paper to prove it. (laughs) That's so so funny. I love
1: that. Uh, So it was kind of Destiny. Yeah. And since then, I know, you know, the watch experts that are on Antiques Roadshow now and their dealer colleagues and stuff. That's hilarious. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, that was... I guess it was destiny, but it wasn't the plan, certainly for me. Um, but I, I then was just began voraciously reading about vintage watches. I my first vintage watch was my grandfather's Hamilton Neal. OK, and that was my first mechanical watch. And it hmm. sort of started all this interest uh, along with coming across Odinke at basically that same summer, 2008. Uh, and then I began reading Hodinkee voraciously in the forums. And I started being- So you educated yourself, essentially. Yeah. Wow. And, And then I was- Probably pestering Ben Clymer saying, Look at this watch on eBay, check this out. And then he's like, You want to write about this? I'm about to start graduate school. I need some people to write. And I said, Sure. He's like, It's unpaid. I said, Sure. Put the disclaimer out there. (laughs) And and then the rest was kind of history. That's
0: That's incredible. So, were you interested in modern watches at all during this time? So it was, exclusively- uh, it was
1: a story I mentioned actually at Orological Society of New York. But around that time when my grandparents died, I had basically a little bit of money I received. And my mom said I should buy something to remember mm. them. And I thought about buying a Hulk or not a Hulk, a Kermit at that time. Okay. Uh, like 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, toward the end of the run. And she's like, I don't think that's a good idea. So then, of course, I couldn't
2: buy that. <laughs> and I say that was
1: a great decision because if I bought the Kermit, I might have just been happy with watches the rest of my life. Mm. And like I'm set with my one watch. Yeah. And instead, I became interested in vintage and, and the rest was history. What was
0: it about vintage that really like checked that box for you?
1: I think the patina, the stories, mm. the way they're made, the character. I mean I like I like that kind of vintage aesthetic of a worn leather jacket yeah. or an old car that looks like it has some scars and stories to tell, old furniture, mm. you know, just like older things. So it's kinda of
0: like I mean. a recurring theme in like just the things that you like yeah. aesthetically. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: don't like uh I don't know, things that look brand new that mm. like that are just like more of a museum sure. vibe, I guess. Yeah, um, but i i love i just love the look of old watches the history the mm-hmm. feel winding them studying them you know to me it has a little bit more of a soul yeah the cool thing with your your gmt is you'll probably have that for decades and like this all every scratch you put on that is like something you could remember and,
0: that's why i like uh, the oyster bracelet yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like that's part of that story you'll hopefully pass it down one day
0: that's the goal i do feel a way about the ceramic bezel
1: yeah i find the
0: aluminum bezels more romantic because you do get a patina but you know if i have to live with it i guess i (laughs)
4: can't oh i guess i have to live with a new
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so um you how how did you meet ben climber uh, I was just pestering him, writing him messages. To like so, you, okay. so you are ready, like, the general you
0: were already kind of following the blog and everything. Yes,
1: and very early. Uh,
2: so,
0: you start, you start, you, you pester him, you meet, <laughs> you fall in love with vintage timepieces, you start writing for him. How does Eric Wynn wind up at Christie's?
1: That's where that's kind of that side hustle. I was spending a huge amount of time in the following years writing about watches, mm. going to come, you know, I was living in, in, Originally in 2010 in um, D.C. at that time, I was taking like the bus up and seeing Ben on weekends and I wasn't working, going to a Sotheby's auction preview in Mm -hmm. 2010, meeting a bunch of people going to Antique Forum previews uh, back when that existed. Um, And then uh, just meeting John Reardon, who was at Sotheby's as well. He later became my boss, which he never would anticipate. You know, <laughs> five years later, he recruited me to Christie's. But writing about the watches, going and seeing them when I could, and uh, you know, I had a full time job. I went to Oxford for an MBA during that time. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I was dedicating as I would say as much as thirty hours in a week to the Bring a Loop column, which okay. was called What's Selling Where. Of interesting watches for sale or watches at auction, and um, basically come home, have dinner with my wife, and then lock myself in the office and be looking at eBay listings and like <laughs> writing about them. Uh, but it was like, it was what I love. She was supportive and like it helped, uh, you know, get a little extra income sure. as well. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it led to the Christie's job offer in 2015. And That's awesome. The rest was history. Incredible. Yeah.
0: So these those formative years of Hodinky, I think, and just hearing you kind of, you know, talk about it, it's really interesting because now, you know, this whole world is kind of like a blaze. Yeah. Right. And it's everybody is involved and, you know, the business couldn't be better. You yeah. know, everyone is selling watches. They're selling watches for more than they paid for them, yeah. you know, which is the thing we talked about with our last guest that like yeah. no one used to make money selling watches, and yeah. now was making money selling watches. Yeah. But in those formative years, it wasn't like that. It, was, it sounds like it was just a bunch of guys who found a hobby that turned into a passion and created opportunities for themselves. So yeah. I'm curious what that kind of felt like. You talk about your wife being supportive, but what does she think about what was happening with you at the time? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, now you're know. on eBay, yeah, like yeah. scouting time yeah. pieces and
1: stuff. And then the column would come out on Friday and people would be like, oh no, they blew up the watch I wanted to yeah. buy. It. I'm <laughs> going over twice as much. Uh, it was it was fun and it was fun to see. I mean, the, the values of the vintage watches were increasing so much at auction. Right. There was a lot of, like the modern kind of hysteria as we know it really began circa 2018 Okay. 2019, yep. when mm-hmm. things began to go so yeah. much above retail. I remember, you know, 2016, I was offered a Nautilus 5711-1A blue dial for 25 k at retail. Whoa. And it was worth <laughs> only $1K more on the secondary. Sure. And I was going to burn the relationship with the retailer if I did that. So I was like, I'm not, I don't really love that watch sure. that much. But, like, that was... That was like one of the few watches that traded at retail or a little bit over. Yeah, and um, you know, the whole like craze of the modern watches has really been the last five years with double, triple, quadruple. That's
0: got to be five. crazy to see too. Though. Like, it right. Is. like you had all <sighs> these pieces that have come across you guys' desk, and like you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's kind of cool. Oh, it's yeah. neat. And yeah, then like exactly. five, seven years funny. later, you're like, oh yeah. man, I should
1: have. I should have yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> set it aside. I think. Um, one of the things I addressed in my talk last night was just why have vintage watches stayed flat compared to modern? Yeah. in the last five years? We haven't seen these massive growths, but definitely there's a general feeling of uncertainty about, are you buying something that's correct?
0: Right. Not mm-hmm. a
1: Frankenstein piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I think that a lot of modern watch value that, Huge growth is people trying to impress other people. You don't do that quite as much sure. with, yes. vintage. with vintage. yeah, um, and it's just kind of uncertainty. A lot of people have been burned buying misrepresented vintage watches, and once that happens, they leave it for yeah. That's true. There's a lot of famous celebrities that have been burned. A lot of people we've seen, uh, them. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know then then they tell all their friends, "You got to be careful. Don't mm. buy vintage. It's dangerous. All this stuff and." That's definitely hurt the market.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you had a question, good.
3: And I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like piggybacking on what you were talking about, Eric, is like um, we speak very highly a- about you on this show. Um, I think the proof is in the pudding. The way you present timepieces, um, you know, the timepieces that you that you actually like are sourcing is things that could massively be out there, but you see the levels and differences between like the transparency, whether you're saying like, this is polished, this is original, this is this, this is that. And you did refer to eBay.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, You looking at eBay is even as similar as like someone not being as knowledgeable and going to like 47th Street. Yeah. But we know on eBay, 47th Street and other outlets, there is good business that's done. Yeah in this sometimes when not good business yeah, is done.
2: Yeah.
3: Where does your eye come from where you can tell like, oh, this is not original. This is service dial. I can't invest in this or I can invest in this, but I yeah. have
1: to be transparent to my end consumer. I think it's kind of that Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours, like mm. be an expert in a violin or anything else. Like you just have to look at so many watches all the time and it definitely helps to have kind of a quasi photographic memory which i have and then you can be like i saw this watch three years ago and right that sort of stuff um it's there's a lot more resources now like mm-hmm. okay you know explore 1016.com or gmt master 1675 which we used as helpful with the reference points uh videos mm-hmm. and articles i did with Hodinky. Like okay, this dial is correct for 3.5 million serial, but you know it shouldn't be in a five million serial sort of thing. Right. Uh, with with Rolex, for instance, and the scholarships just advancing so much. Mm. Um, mostly, it's all community driven because people are keeping track of these things. Yeah, but, uh, that's very important. Um, you know, the eBay authenticity guarantee has been a huge boost for them, selling a lot more. $2,000 plus watches. Uh, they sold very few, as my understanding, like five years ago. Uh, and then that's been a huge. Yeah, it's interest. really taken off recently. Yeah. 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 So that's big. Chrono 24 didn't really exist a decade ago. Mm-hmm. It was all very fragmented. You would just type in, like, Google Autumn Gay Royal Oak and find some random seller site sure. and not know exactly who they are. And it's, you know, it's much more. There's a lot more safeguard and kind of railings on the watch industry than than previously, which has helped. It was a wild west. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You sending a wire to some random person.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, Man. I hope you send the watch.
1: Yeah. You literally like, there's a 50% chance it doesn't show up. Oh, God. <laughs>
4: It's so crazy. what happens when the curveball comes along then? Like especially with Rolex, like everyone says, like there's rules to vintage with Rolex, and so mm-hmm. something comes along and breaks it. Yeah. So when something like that comes up, do then like you go back looking like shit, but if there's more things like this that
1: maybe we can get and create yeah. a whole new market on. It's I mean. I think the Ultraman uh, Omega Speedmaster is mm-hmm. kind of a good example, because okay. I, re- I remember seeing some of those watches on eBay like a decade ago, being like, that's a cool watch, but Shane about that second hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> on there, these were like
1: two <laughs> or $3,000. Yeah. And then suddenly the scholarship develops, oh wow, these are all right. And a bunch of them, people bought and put on regular Speedmaster hands and probably, like, threw the orange hand away, uh, you know?
0: Uh, so wow. scholarship
1: changes, and then they're like, actually, there's a 3,000 potentially made in this specific serial number and the Omega Records show. The cards for the watch production show it had a special equipment stamp on yeah. the card. Wow. And, like, it changes. So that's everything. why the hands are different. Yeah. Yeah. And then wow. you know, people have seen that, certainly with some some Rolex watches. Yeah, um, I feel like it's Warrior more common watches. with Rolexes,
4: at least to people yeah. who aren't
1: like looking for that kind yeah. of stuff.
4: you yeah. always hear about it with Rolex. You yeah. always find yeah, something
0: yeah. that's like we were looking, there was a uh it was a Japanese day date with like a um
4: it had the long class one the president bracelet. Oh, yeah, the yeah, long class yeah.
0: one the president. Actually it was a, it was a white gold oyster bracelet on this Day-Date with like a, it was a a bright like shiny cherry colored dial. And I was like, I've never seen anything Like this before. Crazy.
2: Yeah. 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 But how crazy is it? Is it crazy
4: as in, oh, like, that's crazy? Because it's I don't know. know Crazy as as in, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know.
2: That's crazy. Why does that exist? exist. (laughs) It sounds crazy to me. You never know. You never know.
0: So you you, you talked about having a a photographic memory. And um, I think, you know, just from the outside looking in and, you know, having, you know, been familiar with yourself and uh, a lot of the videos that you've done. One of the, the most impressive things is your way, it, the ability you have to just fire off reference numbers. Oh, yeah. And when did you discover that you had this gift? Because when you're watching like some of those older reference talking point yeah, interviews, yeah. it's it's crazy. Oh, it's just like you. it's fun. Just firing
1: I mean, them off. I don't know. I think it's for certain people, it's very difficult to remember all sure. the references and certain people are... Like myself, it just comes naturally.
0: I'm Um, curious, like, what did they think at Christie's when they discovered that you had this talent?
1: They were like, oh my (laughs) They're
0: like, I got this kid, he (laughs) just... He just can't forget all these numbers. The Rain Man. The Rain Man. man. (laughs) That might have to be the name of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like
2: that. That's good.
1: I like that. Yeah. That's so good. It's funny when when you get collectors together and the talk really, it almost becomes more about the numbers numbers, than, than the English. It's like, I got a great 570 and I'm looking for a 3417 and yeah. here's my 5513, 1680 and you just start talking about reference numbers. And it just goes off. It's yeah. crazy. Mm. And, it, and it goes between between manufacturers, which is really funny. You start talking Rolex, but technically Hoyer two four four seven JLC 875, all this stuff. <laughs> it's funny.
0: So I'm curious too. So you're at Christie's This is where you're getting your, I I assume you're getting your formal education in terms of like the watch business from the auction side.
1: Yeah. Right. Before that, I was, I was writing about watches, but not selling them Mm -hmm. and the occasional selling things from your own personal collection.
0: So it's at Christie's, I imagine you're, you're not only learning, you know, about the history of these pieces, you're, you're, you're seeing all of these watches, you're, you're getting accustomed to you know, what different manufacturers did at at different points, but you're also learning how to price these pieces. And I think that's some of the that's one of the more interesting things, right? Because this seems to like when I think about those formative years, especially with regard to vintage watches, you know, what may be commonplace to you in terms of the vocabulary is, you know, now just starting to blossom amongst the public in terms of like polishing, finishing, mm-hmm. all of these things. How were you guys looking at that in determining the value of these pieces back then?
1: Um, you uh, When I look at a watch, whether I'm buying it for my own business or when I was at Christie's, you kind of have in your mind people or profiles of customers you think that will like the watch, actually. So I start okay. thinking of actually, okay you know, Jeff's going to really love this watch. It's unpolished or this sort of thing. Virginia is going to love this chronograph. She loves this sort of thing. Um, So that's helpful. I've realized it's not that helpful when you're buying something and you don't know uh, the buyer on the other side. Sometimes you think, oh, someone's going to come out of the woodwork and get that. Uh, I told this story last night, but about kind of the the rise and and decline a little bit of modern watches but i bought a royal oak 50th anniversary chronograph with a black dial in november nice 41 millimeter was brand new unworn from a gentleman who was local in palm beach and uh bought it because he had the chance he didn't really want the black dial he wanted Mm. the blue dial or something else but he took it so not the watch i would normally think about at all Mm -hmm. not not my typical fare but i go on chrono 24 start looking around cheapest online 68k i'm like you know how bad can it be i offer 50 he says yes i didn't even think he'd say yes at 50 but he said yes i was like okay i should make some money so i put it up at 58k Mm -hmm. crickets really a few weeks later 50, we're into December 55k crickets well, a few mm. weeks later 52k <laughs> crickets yeah. January comes oh. around I've got it at 50k no oh, one wants man. It. Yes. finally someone offers 45 in like mid January and I'm like I'll just sell it and I lost yeah. 5k that's what happens if you don't know who the buyer is like mm. I thought oh man I can easily someone's gonna scoop this up right? Uh, but yeah. you know you know as i said when i bought it the cheapest was 18k more yeah, and, yeah.
0: Um, it's funny too because i feel like the the modern watch craze has gotten people to believe that flipping watches selling watches is easy yeah yeah and it's not
2: no, no. <laughs> it's no, not easy no. at all. No.
0: right. and so what's interesting and what's cool about what you do outside of like the the sourcing part that I, that we'll get into because i find that incredibly fascinating But um, the fact that this is a real business and you're really hustling.
2: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a
0: hustle. Like you're everywhere. Like we see on Instagram, you're in Florida, you're at these trade shows, you're (laughs) at the fairs, you come up to New York to do your speech,
1: you're doing the podcast and you're going back down, you're beating
0: clients. Like it's a
1: serious grind. It is. And you look at your phone and like I'm part of some WhatsApp groups and literally you can get over a thousand messages a day. in Some of these modern chats I just quickly scan. But I mean... It's a lot to keep up with everything, for yeah. sure. But I, I love it too, so mm-hmm. if, one, if I didn't like watches, it'd be terrible. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really bad. <laughs>
0: and so you got a team of of people or, that you like, or I should say maybe yeah. a network of guys that you work with um, that are helping Collectors, you call clients. yeah, buying, selling, trading, and yeah. everything like that.
1: Yeah, and I've got a good team, my colleague Charlie Dunn's here. Shout There's out to Charlie. Shout watches. out to Charlie. Uh, and, uh yeah, it's, you can't do it alone, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. sure. So you brought some watches for us tonight. Um, and from what you described when we were off camera, this is the not-for-sale crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <the run. laughs>
1: we actually just came from a gathering that okay. was fun of some uh, JLC collectors. So I brought a few JLC pieces from my collection, hence I'm wearing the Dunhill as well. Um, the watch I wore for my speech yesterday and just a recent pickup is an Explorer 1016 in terms of my personal collection. Mm-hmm. I just really like the That's example of Puffy Loom. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's a really example. old example. Yeah, had. from around 1971. Um, it's one of the first. Yeah, it's early. Um,
0: so when you know, when these come across your, you know, your table or just your 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 view, um, are you buying these like through pictures? Are you going to meet the clients?
1: It varies. Uh, that one I picked up at a Bonhams auction okay. uh, here in New York a few months ago. I had a friend go look at it. You can't tell much from catalog photos as right that's why these previews are so important like the ones you do with Sotheby's. But,
0: this thing's um, mint.
1: It yeah. really is way <laughs> better than <laughs> I, was, I thought it was. That's what yeah. I was going to say yeah. too. So another question. Like in I, the catalog, I'm just oh, presuming sorry. after seeing it, like oh, I presume it's polished and everything else. And then a friend went to look at it for me, and he's like, it's really nice. Uh, it, I think it's I gorgeous. Like, yeah. You got a question, Sean? Yeah, yeah
3: sure. I was going to say I have to ask because the pieces that you post mint
1: that's
4: why every time he post them, he says, sold. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is,
3: like, I mean, versus, versus, I, I don't know if, if they're competition because I think you blow most out the water, but for, you know, the pieces that you source and then you go laterally and you look over to, um, you know, someone else that's selling pre-owned pieces, you know, they don't even look the same. Yeah. How are you able to acquire these, like, mint, untouched? You're talking, like, half a century old pieces like what's what's going on you got like the the Midas touch Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean it's always hunting for you know when you see something great you just have to buy it and thankfully I there's other people that know I like these things and when Mm. you sell a good watch you know I like to sell it to someone I know because it might come back if they need to trade towards something else and like that's how you can get a lot of good watches back too um
0: i imagine that there's a fair amount of people that are also trying to reach out to you to sell their watches yes
1: yeah yeah and then you can kind of be picky and like, that's not for me or that's for me you know the
0: the the, your so i've been to your website win vintage Mm -hmm. and it kind of gives that impression because it's it's so perfect and there's a consistency yeah. in that level of perfection. Yeah. But I was like, this dude totally has people like, can you sell my watch? Look at yeah. what I have. Like, yeah. So you're getting like crazy messages daily from these yeah, people. Yeah.
1: It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the people that are trying to write and sell, like, Modern Tudor stuff, I say I'd just go someplace else. I, that, I love Modern You tutors. had a Moon Swatch up there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I know. Had, a client had, who was
1: a very big client asked me to sell those and I was like, oh,
4: To be okay. fair, the one he had up is the one you can't get anymore. <laughs> the Neptune, nap- nap-
1: nap- nap- yes, 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 yes,
2: yes, So even, even the Moon Swatch is selling is crazy. I that actually. Okay, good.
1: That's funny. So I've got, that's my moon swatch. But, How do you uh, feel about the new moonshine gold moon it swatch? It was a big letdown.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yes.
0: Can I we make
4: that a real? I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry, should've been, group. <laughs> That should have been the April Fool's joke. I mean, yeah. I, so sure. it's funny, it, it gave
0: me that Im- that impression after I saw it. I was yes. like, wait, this is it? I was like, "It's not
4: it. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. really, no. <laughs> what really did it is that they were like, here's your birth certificate of the watch that says it was made under a full moon. Like. I know, that's like crazy. What? Yeah. yeah like the that's that's not. way too gimmicky and, yeah, it's just I uh
0: know. it's just 25 extra
4: yeah for a gold price. plate in hand
0: <laughs> which makes yeah, you cold, makes me yeah. think that the margins were probably already crazy on that yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. 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 Got we don't want to like, kill them they pay like, <laughs> <$5. laughs> like five
4: dollars to make that money <laughs> like the exactly. whole watch like five dollars yes, exactly. oh my god it's ridiculous it's
3: you you um speaking of like sourcing time pieces and like selling for clients you uh recently posted something with Seth curry Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah,
1: that yeah. was did you, fun. Did you sell that watch to him? Uh, I had, did not. It's available. Um, <laughs> Seth's really into watches. Uh, we did a photo shoot of him wearing some different watches, so we're going to roll it out in the coming weeks. Of nice. Some different vintage watches he was yeah. wearing. And uh, yeah, it was just something fun to do. That's awesome. That's so great. Um, He's very nice. He's into watches. Like it's, I like it's that. Cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. There was a photo of his brother, uh, Steph, wearing uh he went to see the president and he was wearing a sea dweller i think right
1: yeah he's got mm. some nice, yeah. nice pieces too mm. you got some interesting those, stuff uh, i have a few different clients in the nba they all oh really you flex them
2: yeah you see the you see the
4: Probably <laughs> but, but but uh, watches LeBron
3: guy though a few.
1: Yeah, none, none.
3: Well, he, he, he was down in Miami.
1: we saw so many things when down in Miami. Bring his talents to South Beach, for right? Sure. Yeah. But, uh, but they, all these guys really want to be sponsored by the NBA. Yeah, uh, or sorry, by Rolex. That are Got all it. these guys, but Rolex doesn't do anything. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Anything. Rolex doesn't have like a NBA, NFL program. Yeah, and so they're all. I always get asked, is there any chance? And it's like, no, no. Nope. There's if
0: Michael Jordan chance. doesn't have it, yeah, you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Exactly,
1: the GOAT. Exactly. So they're... Same, and they're like, What about Patek? Nope, not happening. Definitely not <laughs> happening. AP, maybe. Yeah. AP. Well, AP they, got they got LeBron. They got LeBron. and Shaq originally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they had Shaq. Yeah, there's a Shaq AP. He went from AP but to Victor. Victor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yo, Crandio, Jerry. It it's funny because he got that big old Terminator AP, too. I know, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's wow. good.
1: Well, wow. it was actually a what the Shack watch has like a basketball box. It's hilarious. That's
3: funny.
4: Yeah.
1: That's yeah, wow. cool. Kobe and had a Hublot. Yeah, called yes. behind the heel. He did. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you wore that the first of these episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, some more interesting pieces here on the on the table. There's this uh, this clock
1: yes. that I can't get my eyes off of. It's so cool. Talk a little bit about this. This by JLC from 1962. Wow, it's the travel alarm, also called a Minionette. but it's uh, an alarm, basically watch you could have in your pocket, travel desk. Clock, purse, watch, etc. Is it what's the case of that enamel around it's this? It's chrome thing? with uh, a black kind of enamel paint. It's cool. And it's it a, sounds great. Too. It's a memo box too. Uh,
4: yep, you're saying yep. yeah.
0: So what 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 qualifies being in the uh, not for sale
1: uh, crew? It's something that would physically hurt me to sell. Okay.
2: <laughs> so these are pieces that mean a great thing. deal
1: to you. Yeah, that you just like. And- so
0: and I think this is the the next thing that I want to get into because people know you for, you know, being the guy, one of the guys to go to that can source, you know, watches that are in incredible condition, um, historical icons, etc. But people such as yourself, what I find most interesting is what you keep for yourself. Yeah. It's, and what is Eric Wynn looking for in terms of you curating your collection?
1: It's, I try not to get too crazy with any one brand. There you go. <laughs> there you go, nice. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's loud. Yeah, amazing for that little. Little Cricket. Little thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, one watch where I do have a lot is the Vulcan Cricket.
0: Uh, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have, a few, have quite
1: a few of those. I have a lot of those in my personal collection. I'd like to think I have the best vintage cricket what was it
0: about all. the the cricket that that got you
1: it was the history all these presidents wore them yeah uh the design i thought they were insanely undervalued mm. hundred dollars used to be able to pick them up for for watches that are super high quality right beautiful dials uh etc and just the movements are took almost a decade to develop that movement oh wow um so i love those of my daily wear is vintage rolex of some mm-hmm. sort uh whether it's the 1016 1675 5512, 12 yeah uh, 1018 a bunch of other uh models 1018 is a, a weird reference to wear every day yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's cool but uh the i like vintage rolex because they're still very easy to make water resistant yeah young kids and um Florida can be pretty humid sure. you go in between air conditioning and outside. And honestly, a lot of watches can fog up in mm-hmm. that environment. Um, so the environment. So that I like a great vintage Rolex They're They're just made so well. Yeah. Um, and easy to replace all the gaskets. And
0: they're also good. incredibly romantic. Like there's yeah. something that like, we were talking about Pepsi's earlier and there's like modern is great. I love it. But there's, um, there's a, a, not only, um, there's just a warmth to it that yes. it gives off, Yeah, you know, sure. especially with the aluminum bezel. And if it's patinated, even better, you know, if the dial and the looms have patinated a little bit, yeah. even more beautiful, like the character, exactly. it just, it it has almost like a, if, it, it has a life. It Whereas does. like modern Rolexes, don't get me wrong, they're great. Yes. They're a little cold.
1: Yeah. You know? I would agree with that. Mm. I mean... Like these vintage watches have interesting bevels, which is part of that kind of unpolished case for like a sixties submariner GMT Master. Yeah. The Chamfered Edges as they call it. And mm. like I like a new Rolex, but it's a straight edge between basically the top of the lug and the side. Yep. Um and uh it's okay, but like those are kind of romantic for me. The mm. chamfered edges are all hand done. Yeah. And like very interesting. Um not obviously it. The scale of production they're doing now and everything else its mm. not as much hand intervention. Of course, it's more very precise and amazing watches, but different, different quality.
4: Yeah. Do you have an idea how what the numbers Rolex was doing in like the
1: 70s, 80s? A few hundred thousand, I think, at most per year. Yeah. A a lot. And they still had a lot of hand finishing too. <clears throat> yeah, somehow. And these watches would sit in the stores sometimes for five years. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, you can kind of tell because it was sequential with like case numbering. So in the sixties, a lot of times it was about a hundred thousand toward the end of the sixties per year. Uh you know, they were they were big, but much much larger to yeah it's yeah. like yeah. 10 times that huh? yeah at least yeah yeah
0: and um so in your field you know it's obviously it's still growing and it's it's a it's a great time for watches and um the watch community is growing becoming more diverse younger people are getting into it i'm curious on your side are you finding that there are more younger people that are, because at some point, right, you were kind of like an apprentice.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So are there younger guys finding their way to to this essentially, what you're doing, sort of like the hustle?
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, there's all new voices in the world of watches, including mm-hmm. wrist check. There's Daily Grail official from J.J. Oh, we and love J.J. Owens. <J. Yes. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> there's Dimepiece. There's... Uh, Watches of espionage. There's oh, yeah. different yeah. ways for people to get into it. There's the people that are obsessed with the 47th Street negotiation. Sure, yeah. Book and <laughs> like that. yeah. That's and a great and watch like, on TikTok. Yeah.
0: All that yeah. stuff TikTok, didn't really. exist
1: even yeah. five years ago, you know? How does it uh, feel
0: to like, see all this kind of
1: it's stuff? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's like building out into a real hobby and yeah, community. Yeah. And um, it's it's really exciting. So I think. You know, there's so many people that are getting into the hobby. And mm-hmm. We're still in very early days, I I think, overall. Really very bullish about okay. the growth of the watch industry.
0: So it's funny too because it now that I think about it, it seems that you also have like your hand in um sort of embracing uh newbies to watches because You've done some collaborations um, yourself with like Seiko, yeah, and, really. and uh, with yeah. Rowing Blazers, yes. right? And you guys, so you you guys just released, um, and it's funny because now that I'm thinking about it, it's coming full circle. Your fascination with the cricket, yes, and then <laughs> Rowing Blazers uses a, a cricket. Well, they had a cricket on the back of the um,
1: that Seiko you did with the flag indices. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. did that come about? Um, well, the yeah, that, I mean, that. it's the Seiko collaboration itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew the head of Grand Seiko because he used to be the head of uh, Omega North America. Okay. Um, so, Breece. Uh, oh, Latrodek. I know Breece. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, Breece is the fun guy. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Shout out
0: to Breece. Yeah, we love Breece. <laughs> <laughs> we we hung out with him at the Wayland. Keyword phone. Oh, key yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, he uh, was head of Omega North America. hmm we did a speedmaster auction in 2015 okay. when i was at christie's and that's where i first met him he was very supportive and we toured a few different omega boutiques with mm. the watch. watches sort of highlights of the watch collection for sale uh and then he went to grand seiko to be head of grand seiko north america uh, i approached him i'm a small investor in rowing blazers it was started by my best man uh Jack Carlson we lived on the same floor freshman year at Georgetown and oh, we wow. both ended up at Oxford for grad school together yeah he did a doctor of philosophy in archaeology uh so he's uh basically a renaissance man Jack and then he said we should do a watch collaboration because mm. they've done all different other clothing collaborations and shoe collaborations so I I approached Reese we both Jack and I love vintage Seiko and Seiko generally Uh, we went to the Seiko headquarters in Mahwah, New Jersey in, uh, 2017 kind of talked about the brand rowing blazers, which wasn't that old at that time. I think it was two years old Mm or one year old. They said, okay, we'll think about it. They said, we don't really have anything right now. Two years later, they wrote and said, we actually have this new Seiko five sports line, which was replacing the SKX line. Mm -hmm. We'd love to do something with you takes quite a while to design these things and go. So who were
0: play. you part of the design process? <clears throat> I
1: was. Yeah. And what was uh, the inspiration behind that piece? So the first one we had the kind of classic Seiko diver watch. Mm-hmm. And the one that I was kind of the Eric wind watch was called, the rally diver was the inspiration for it. This it's is got the, got the black and white bezel. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that watch was my first vintage watch I'd purchased, which uh, was, something I saw on Hodinkee oh, actually, wow. back in 2009 or something like that. Yeah. In 2000, early 2010. And uh, that was uh, just so cool. Seiko loved it. Their execution of the bezel was great. Then mm-hmm. we had to come out with two others. One was the color block. That's kind mm. of like Simon says, but the colors aren't exactly the same. We didn't want to violate copyright. Yes. Yeah, sure. and, uh, <laughs> and then the other was based on the, royal artillery where it's blue background with the red with the red artillery stripes yeah yeah. and uh so that was the first collection that came out in june uh 2021 and was very successful sold out almost immediately yeah it did i remember that Um, 500 of each uh and then we did uh they came back and said do you want to do another so we did the one we just came out with in october we did (laughs) four of those and four different dial colors. Mm-hmm. That was different because there's no bezel. We wanted something a yeah. little bit smaller. Um, so that, that one got really a lot
0: well. of fanfare too. It was yeah. all over social. You guys media. did
1: yeah. the black dial with the, like the nautical flags, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, that was cool. We've got another Seiko collaboration coming out. Soon, okay. So we're excited. Breaking about news, that. you heard it yeah, first. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: you can put that as a reel too. There we go. <laughs> there we but, go. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're excited. And it's been fun. You know, what's really fun is to see people sometimes this is their first mechanical watch. Yeah. It's a great watch. It is. You know, something you can have the rest of your life. It works well. And they're you fun. Know, they're fun. I've been very impressed. Like no one really has any service issues with these at all or issues with quality control. When they arrive, they're mm-hmm. perfect. And, uh, it's really a great watch.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. What do your your kids think about what you do?
1: They love it. I, yeah. My son's old enough to understand he's nine. So okay. He's like into it. Uh, he wants to get more into, I think learning about watches. He mm-hmm. likes to hold them and look at them. Uh, my, uh, Younger two are just find it interesting, but they don't really. How old are they? I've got a four year old and a twenty two month old. Oh wow, congratulations! Um, Thank you. Yeah, so the my twenty two month old likes my little FP Jorn dolls. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) starting early. Fine taste, (laughs) (laughs) FP FP.
2: That's
1: good. And then my. uh, my four-year-old knows Rolex, so okay, okay, she that. She started saying that at two years old. That's and awesome. It's like, oh, she's probably Wait the only till she gets two-year-old the talking about <laughs> Rolex. Rolex! That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I love that. When she started saying that, I wasn't even trying to teach it to her, and uh, my wife and I, our mouths were like, what? Where did she hear this? <laughs> That's so funny.
3: Jeez. She's So young. Raise yeah. the standard.
0: Yeah. yeah there like, you like, go. Yeah, it's fun. So uh, what's cool, too, about vintage watches um, is I'm curious if you see anything in terms of, I mean, I'm sure you do see things in terms of trends, but uh, like you have a King, you have a Midas
2: mm-hmm.
0: here. And um, this was something that not too many people were familiar with until, let's say, maybe Rihanna wore it. Yes. Um And I imagine, um, you know, not that Rihanna isn't a a lover of watches, but usually with celebs, uh, pieces like this find their way to them through uh, stylists and influencers Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I'm curious. um, I mean, I'm sure you you could tell us just a little bit about the history of this, but I'm curious if this was something that you were seeing starting to kind of bubble up on the vintage scene before it it got to Rihanna and, and maybe you have an idea of yeah. what's coming next.
1: I, I wish I would take more advantage, I guess, of my gut instincts on okay. things. I don't really, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a Lux version of the whole, yeah. you know, sport watch trend, if you will. And, uh, the Gerald Genta style. I mean, I hear conflicting reports about he designed this or he didn't design. This, oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think it's it's an amazing watch. You've got John Wayne had one, Elvis Presley. There's kind of an iconic photo of Elvis Presley holding the vase box when okay. people gave it. Which to
0: goes him. for a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, one on eBay right now for
1: 7800 huh? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably That's a deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's the coolest and yeah. craziest Rolex box ever. Um, mm-hmm. But This watch uh, is heavy as hell. Uh, yeah. 200 solid grams. gold. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's heavier than it's Day-Date. Yes, yeah, for yeah sure. Way heavier, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I can kind of see things before they happen, but what do you think
0: is coming is, is, is next? If you had the, if you were a betting man, you got to
1: see my, uh, orological society in New York talk. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I didn't talk about this in that talk, but like ladies, Jewelry, watches, small gold, sure. full gold bracelet. I mean, they're often selling at scrap gold prices. Mm-hmm. And there's so much craftsmanship that went into these things. We saw um, a couple
0: at Sotheby's. Yeah, yeah, recently We yeah, had a couple yes. of JLC pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that went that for
1: $8,800. Yeah. yeah. Which is still just such a deal. It is, yeah. Um, but you can find watches like that kind of out in the dealer community for mm-hmm. 3000 4000 sure. sometimes. Yeah, this is heavy. Um, there's wow. There's a lot of areas that are still undervalued. I think alarm watches, uh, different things. You know.
0: It's it's funny how that happens too because you can kind of see it before it pops yeah. and then it's just like, you're like, oh, should I do it? And by the time you think yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Yes. Vintage, vintage Piaget pieces are so, it's part of that. Some of them have the full integrated bracelet. Some of them are not, but yeah. they're so undervalued. I mean, I have a couple gold. Watches for three thousand nine hundred each on my site. I can't believe they're just sitting there. One with beautiful hobnail case and, oh, wow. and you know the craftsmanship. If if it said you know a Cartier on it or something, else, uh, yeah, it'd it would be way yeah. way more.
0: It's funny to mention that too because Piaget <laughs> is, a, is a is a brand that uh, me and Ben really really like, and I like yeah. what they're doing with their their modern pieces. Yeah. Um, if you do you see uh, you know the Piaget Polo is yes. Fire. Yep. yep. Uh, and 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 it is a hit. But I'm curious if you've ever seen too where it's sort of you know the vintage market kind of reinvigorates the modern. Oh, side. for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, I think vintage Cartier the last few years has helped inspire modern Cartier. Taking you can definitely see like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and they've been smart, like redoing the Pebble after the Pebble went yep. for four hundred fifty thousand dollars at auction, which. Literally, they sold four years ago for like 50,000 at auction or less. Um, So I think that's interesting. Um, Yeah, there's there's. There can definitely be that conversation between vintage and modern and modern inspiring values for vintage mm. pieces as well, causing those to rise. If, if they come out with something new, that's exciting. The 222 Vacheron is kind that's of. True. That's true. That, yeah, That's a great yeah. example. Get the, now everyone wants the vintage ones and yes. steel and other models and it caused that to really go up. Mm. So, How
4: do you feel about stuff like that being like super exclusive though? Like the Pebble was like collection privé. Yeah. They disappeared before they were even really available. Yeah, The 222 is boutique only and it's only in gold. Yeah. So it's like they they put it back out, but it's like it's almost like you can look, but you can't touch. I know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I I, want to ask as well is like, how do you, because you you, you said it when you were on the hunt for the watch that's on your wrist, the the GLC. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find yourself, but you, you do sell watches, so it's like, you know, you you are a bit of a trendsetter. Is there anything that you've kind of, like, mentioned and, like, just set off, like, this, like, wildfire? It was like, oh, I didn't expect to do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, coin watches, actually, which oh, I think wow, are yeah. so cool. And Charlie was part of that, too. We talked about them, and I had a few. Uh, and then suddenly they just... Really went nuts at auction, and I was like, Man, I should have bought more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John Reardon did the same with Patek Philippe lighters. They were like oh, not yeah. that no high, suddenly crazy. they went up like 10x basically when he started selling. Them. I don't
4: think you can buy a Patek lighter for like under 10K right now. No. Wow. You know what I can see coming back? Cufflinks? Rolex
0: spoons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: I, I've, I've discovered Rolex spoons like 10 years ago.
1: They're so cool. You a
0: bunch at the house. I bought a bunch off of eBay. <laughs> they were going for like a dollar. Now I see people turning them into <laughs> the money, money clips. clips. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they bend. So them. funny. Yeah, those are cool. Um, I want to
0: ask you, what's, and you don't have to say price if you don't want, but uh, I'm curious, at least in terms of model, what's the, A, what's the biggest score you've had? Because you obviously, you never forget that. And then what's the strangest thing you've ever seen? Has come across your desk.
1: <laughs> I think that changes every day. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I haven't thought about the biggest score necessarily. Okay. Um, there's nothing where I've like ripped someone off and bought a $3 watch that was worth 30,000 or anything like that. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a real <laughs> too. I,
2: I did, love
1: that. I, I mean, I did help someone who bought a, uh, la culture deep sea alarm at a goodwill in arizona okay. for five dollars 99 cents he posted it in this facebook group vintage watches and i wrote him and said do you know how much that's worth he posted it and people were excited and he he was like, no, how much? And I said, I think that's north of twenty thousand dollars. What? This Whoa. was in five dollars. That's great. <laughs> and, uh, I wrote about it. He ended up Hodinke. selling it. He ended up selling it for thirty five thousand dollars plus a modern speedmaster. That's incredible. So Whoa! And, uh, he sold it to you? Not to me. I was <laughs> I was writing for Hodinky, but I helped kind of broker the deal, and he uh, I just connected him with someone who wanted it, and then. Um, I wrote about it on Hodinkee. It went viral. It was the most read column of Hodinkee, I think, in 2014. I mean,
0: you retired from selling watches after that. Five dollars to thirty-five
1: thousand. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm done. I did it. Yeah, that was crazy. He bought his. Fiance, a car because she was taking the bus to work and wow. then he paid for their wedding.
0: And, the universe uh, paying it for They're
1: still together, you think? They are, I've right? Okay. The <laughs> got, they have a kid now. That's
0: He's an incredible all. story. Still wow. hunting
1: around for watches, but of course, not No, that ain't going to
4: happen. It's a once in a lifetime <laughs> score. It, it
1: really is.
0: What's like one of the craziest pieces that, that's ever come your way? Like something you didn't know existed, and then it's like, yo, what the hell? like kind of turned your world upside down i
1: mean it i'm trying to think offhand it's a really good question um i mean things just get me excited every day it can yeah. be like a piaget or an interesting rolex like the 1018 i had never held one yeah. until All last right. year I like the 1013 a lot. I remember first holding that. It's like a Day-Date case, but mm-hmm. then it's a time only, and that's like what Well, how about on?
4: that a prototype steel Day-Date? Yes. I was having a conversation a... about that today.
0: Prototype. Yeah, I've, I've heard about yeah. these. I've never there's seen one.
4: There's only one. one. Yeah. Only one. One. Mm-hmm. yeah. A steel they're... Day-Date. Yeah, there's one.
1: We're yeah. we talking about it today. Yeah, they're crazy. I think some people have made them with uh, Tudor cases, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some fakes as well, but... Um, there's also
0: that uh, I remember seeing this image of what was supposed to be a prototype Explorer 2 with oh, yeah, like a blue yeah,
1: dial. Right. And there's one that had like the nipple hour. Yeah. Yeah. As well.
0: Was and, that a thing?
1: It's no, really weird when you get into the prototypes. That like, seems like it's a little fool gazing. I don't it's, know. I don't know. <laughs> and like usually these things were not meant to be sold. If they were, they exited out a back door. Which, sure. Yeah. They would have you had, you had to. Know, like yeah. They were. So you're not really owning stuff. I mean... There is like on crazier story side, there's watches that are, you know, U.S. government property, NASA oh, watches wow. that are out there. Uh, and the U.S. government will come knocking on you.
2: <laughs> if you have one or post <laughs>
1: one. Someone just posted one of these in on Omega forums. It's like a it's one of those Alaska three with a U.S. made case made in oh, Washington, wow. Michigan. Now, I think there were something like 40 made, but only four or five. Could be owned by, you know, private individuals Mm -hmm. the rest were NASA property so that I don't know. People were digging into it if it was actually a NASA watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stories. I probably can't say them. Sure. I can tell you some doozies. (laughs) Have Have you ever come across like space dwellers or like albino GMTs, stuff like that? I've seen them. Uh the space dweller is sort of controversial because there were a lot of dials that were loose and put in cases. Mm. Um, Even Stella dials, like a lot of those were loose dials. Um, You don't really see original owner, Stella owners Mm -hmm. or space dweller owners or like, Blueberry owners or things yeah. like that. That's okay. a super controversial watch. Yeah. Blueberry.
4: The, uh, the GMT. Yeah. 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 Every Most uh, people. Well, not most people, but you go online. It's like almost always someone's like, that's not real. Yeah. There's- <laughs> but
0: they were. I've heard that these were like a service bezel.
1: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's strong opinions that they're like an authentic Rolex part. And then there's people that say it's absolutely not. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Rolex back in the day was known for doing some kind of like. Yeah. Yeah weird and funky stuff
4: i mean if we gotta think about it too, those watches were said to be made for like what like uae for like the military yeah, or something like that yeah. mm. if that's if that part of the story is true you would think that rolex would say okay here's a hundred of
1: these gmts like yeah. they've
4: done it before and, and at those times there's definitely something they would have done
2: yeah
1: my feeling with those uh and people have said oh rolex said they're they're not real i, I don't know but I know that someone who had a stash of Rolex parts that were all authentic from a Rolex watchmaker in Pennsylvania had a few of those and someone I know bought them for like nothing like mm. dollars each along with authentic subbezels from the seventies and other oh, wow. stuff. So I don't, they weren't like, he didn't just suddenly have fake parts in there. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So my opinion is that there are probably real blueberry bezels, probably never born on a watch. Sure. Uh, but they were maybe out there for service or there's a test or like Mm. see what customers think. It cost them nothing to make these things back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and they like the stores all had spare supplies of parts. Mm -hmm. Like if a customer for their watchmaker, so if a customer's bezel fell off or they would just pop on a new one, one, it it cost them probably pennies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that there's real parts out there, but I think it was like that sort of situation just yeah, like a test or maybe even an error run or something. Mm. Cause it was around that time they started doing more of the all black inserts as well. Mm. Um, because a lot of people didn't like the Pepsi, they thought it was like out of style or whatever at that time. So mm. it's interesting. Hmm.
3: Yeah. Paddock also used to do something like that too.
1: Like if you wanted to, you can like swap out your
3: dial. Like yeah. um, I know I, they used I rem- to do a lot of custom dials for people too. Exactly. Cause mm-hmm. Mark Cho, um, when he was doing his auction with yes. Phillips, he had a um a Nautilus in the three hundred with the gray stunning. I love watch. that dial. Yeah. Absolutely like service. I think the hands were service hands, the dial was service hands. Maybe the date wheel. Like I think yeah, like yeah. the whole like the whole watch was like literally But at reworked. the time
0: and I imagine it probably wasn't a big ass for Rolex too. If you were a big client, yeah, and your name was known the company because you, you purchased a lot of their product, they might do things for you that they didn't do for everybody.
3: Yeah. For sure.
4: But Rolex yeah. made coral dial day dates. Yeah. Coral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, crazy. You can't even use coral as a material anymore. Yeah. It's like ivory. <laughs> that was a thing. Mm, yeah, mm. Yeah, I
0: lots know. of weird stuff out there. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> like wood
2: dials,
4: all these. <laughs> yeah, things. wood weird. wood dials are That's kind good. of common, yeah. not common yeah, yeah. now, but you you can find them. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen a
1: coral dial in person. No, well, I know it was gorgeous. a thing, yeah, but I haven't gorgeous. seen one. Yeah, they're gorgeous.
0: Wow. Yeah. So what's what's next for for Eric Wind?
1: Uh, hopefully uh, risk check uh, 100.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be, for man. the anniversary. <laughs> yes. <I love> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
1: but uh, we'll make it a thing every 50 years sure. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I think just staying busy, there's always a lot of things that are happening. I'm excited. I have some. Uh, vintage watches and new kith stores in the miami oh, design district and, nice yeah so they uh, just rodeo opened
0: they just open in, in miami and they have rodeo yes and so so you've got pieces in there yeah that's is, awesome which wow. is
1: exciting and like it's cool just to be part of that sure. scene and we've already sold a couple watches which that's incredible great. um and i'm just happy they're all vintage obviously you kind of come up came up with a nice curation yep. for each location and um that's something exciting i haven't announced yet um we've breaking got, news yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <real. Another> one. <laughs> but uh yeah i think i mean that's one thing that's cool i mean i'm working on a couple other collaborations with retailers and, okay um it's just i it's, i view my job as like 80 percent You know, buying and selling watches, but like 20% is kind of trying to grow the hobby, educate the hobby, reach new voices. through other Places. That's awesome. Um, And, uh, you know, make sure this this sort of my passion and love keeps growing,
0: keeps going, pays the bills. Yeah. 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 Love that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you. Thank for, you so much for stopping for by you. And, and hanging out with us this That's evening awesome. um, I had a fantastic time this is one of the my, my favorite interviews okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> Thank
4: Thank yeah.
0: yes. episode 50 has turned out yes. to be awesome
4: yes and you saw a new tradition yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 episode 100 we'll
0: start yes. playing again <laughs> okay <laughs> yes. I yes. love it uh, for those of you watching and listening you know where to find us uh, on Instagram at wristcheckpod you can watch and listen on Spotify you can watch us on YouTube uh, Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts TikTok for the children and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know maybe you see Rashawn in the metaverse with all his 50 no. watches no yes <laughs> uh, this has been a real treat thank, thank you. You, so you thank you Perry appreciate you thank you again and we'll catch Sean. you all next week <laughs> deuces <you>. peace <laughs>